Hello, it's Gareth here from the Zenial Dome. Before the episode starts, I just wanted to remind you that the tickets are now available for a Zenial Dome live show in London on the 14th of July with guest Ellis James, who you will know from Fantasy Football League, from BBC Radio 5 Live, from the Feast of Football and Socially Distant Sports Bar podcasts, from the BBC Radio 4 sitcom Ankle Tag, because I need to get that one in. You know Ellis, but do you know where he was when Diana died? Exactly. So, the London Welsh Centre, 14th of July, we will be recording two editions of the podcast uh, with Ellis and another guest still to be announced. Come on down, the live shows have been loads of fun and you get to see everything that gets edited out. Links and details are at londonwelsh.org or any of our social media accounts with the possible exception of MySpace, as I think Essilt has forgotten the password again. Okay, that's it. Here comes the show. Welcome to the Zenial Dome's Little Dome. My name is Gareth Gwynn. And I'm Esther Sears. And this is a slightly different take on the Zenial Dome podcast. Um, as I'm sure you know, Zenials are born between 1977 and 1985. And instead of interviewing fellow Zenials, as we do on the regular edition of the show, in this one we look back at Zenial history... This month in history, and you've you've got a year ready to go, haven't you? So yeah. this is June... 1984. 1984. So the plan is, it's got a bunch of facts about 1984, which is going to wow me with. <laughs> well, uh, hang on. I didn't know that that was the brief. <laughs> wow. Um, so what's odd about this year yeah. is I will not really remember 1984. Okay. When were you born? I was born in 1983. Okay. But obviously, it still counts. Were it's you out of nappies by this point? Do you mind? I, mean, I, I don't. I am. <laughs> I, I'll, I, I'll ring your mum. <laughs> I'm going to say I have no memories of 1984. No. But what I'm hoping here is you'll say something and I'm going to be like, yeah, of course I was watching <laughs> Question Time that night. Um, okay, so go on. Well, yeah, so, so 1984, I would have been three. Yeah. My next sister down would be a year old by this point um ruining my life (laughs) (laughs) and june the 6th is when the video game tetris was first released in the soviet union by alexei pajitnov big big month big month for computers yes not yet for us because it 1984 I mean, you you weren't able to use your hands properly. No. (laughs) But for future Gareth and Essis. The the time I spent on Tetris (laughs) doesn't really bear thinking about. And I saw a list recently, I can't remember what magazine did it, of the top 100 computer games of all time. Mm. And only two from the 1980s made the list, and one of them was Tetris. Oh, what was the other one? The other one was Super Mario Brothers, the first Super Mario Brothers. But the thing with Tetris is it's just timeless. Yeah, it really is. It's like chess. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's that, like it is that basic a concept. Yeah. That, and that you can show it to anyone and go, this is the idea. Yeah. Uh, take that away and ruin your life. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I, I never stop playing it. Okay. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. What, what kind of Tetris player were you? Um, did, were you one of these people, if you if you were doing really well, but you just made one bad move? Throw the Game Boy yeah. in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> and like, would you just let all the, all the pieces drop so you could start a new game? Oh, there would be some where you went, ah, do you know, I'm not going to waste, I, I, I can see yeah. where this is going. 
really press down on every single one. Yeah. But I think oh, once you get to a certain point, you're like, right, I've got to stay on now. This is quite a good score. Yeah. So you then try and that's yeah, that's true. Keep the ball in the air, as it were. <laughs> the big game changer for me was double Tetris. When you were able to connect two Tetris um, consoles via the cable, yeah, yes, uh, I we never had. No, this is the thing because now I'm going to have to reveal that we had more than one Tetris. You had two Game Boys in the house. We had three. Three Game Boys in the house. (laughs) As a family, we weren't. You know, we 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 were never that kind of family that would spend money on frivolous things. But I had um, a Game Gear. And my siblings had a Game Boy each. Yeah. And so we could play double Tetris, especially if we were driving, like, like wrong yeah. drives. If you managed to get lines, those lines were then added onto the opposing player. Oh. And I, I was the eldest, so I would always kill in these games. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my poor brother was eight years younger than me, just didn't know what hit him. Um, oh, but I loved it. And... Also, the thing I really loved about Tetris is um, watching my mum play Tetris. Oh. So she was one of those ones who would lean to the side. Yeah. <laughs> when we play Mario Kart in the live versions of the show, people do that. They sort of sway <laughs> when they play Mario Kart. Mario Kart's a very swaying game, I think. Yeah. It's one of those. So that, that month, June ni- 1984, seems like a massive pivotal time for computer games. Did you know they're doing a film about the... the creation of tetris and the bringing it out of the soviet union oh no yeah, they're doing like a, a biopic of tetris <gasps> yeah. i genuinely can't wait for that yeah no it sounds like a good idea <laughs> it sounds like a better idea than a film about trainers which i haven't seen but by all accounts is a very good film <laughs> but, but at, at, at least with tetris you're like oh well you start in the soviet union yeah this will be good yeah so definitely. yeah so they're doing a <gasps> they're doing a film about oh lovely yeah Okay, um, office day out? Office, yeah. office day out. <laughs> Something else that happened in June 1984. The biggest school examination shake-up in over 10 years with O-levels changing to GCSEs. Oh, that is quite a... Right, that's a good fact. So... <laughs> If you were 16, 39 years ago, and then... So, actually, first year GCSE courses were starting in September 1986. But, yeah, right, but they okay. announced it... So, they announced it June now. June 1984. You rarely hear O-levels mentioned at all now, I guess no. this is... Unless my parents are bitching about how easy exams are getting. <laughs> yeah, that happens. That's the general sway of all things, yeah. isn't it? What did you do for your GCSEs? I did. Double math. No, that's my A-levels. I did. <laughs> Both Englishes. Yeah. Maths, double science, history, geography, something called systems and control. What? Which was like electrics and plastics. <laughs> uh, so DT. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. DT, but you've got to play with a soldering iron. Oh, what were my other two? This is a good game. Languages? Did you have any languages French. In there? Okay. What about drama or music or... No, no. Um, they were all up against double science, uh, which felt harsh. <laughs> 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 oh, well, right, I've definitely forgotten one. Textiles? No. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm pleased you haven't had the decency to mention PE. That was going to be my next of one. Of course not. <laughs> Drop PE. <laughs> the only person less interested in doing PE would be the teachers. <laughs> um <laughs> RE? Yeah. 
because I went to a Catholic school, so you weren't uh, getting out of it. It was RE. That was the other one. Okay. Yeah. And it's very Catholic, RE. Oh. To the point that, <laughs> like, it's, it, it, I, it, it felt like a gap in my knowledge of, like, other religions. Right. Yeah. But, so you go into the exam being able to write a doctorate on, on Catholicism. Mark's gospel. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing else. Yeah. So, no, genuinely, that's a thing. That I've noticed the people who did RE have a much better grounding in Judaism <laughs> and Islam, and yeah. whereas I can, you know, like uselessly base jokes around passages of the Bible in yeah. a way that weirdly goes out a storm with Radio Four, <laughs> like writing for the news quiz, going like I've got, I've got all these references to hand. It's probably done me quite a lot of good over the years, to be honest. <laughs> um, what about you? You have done so both Welsh. Both English. Uh, You're halfway there. (laughs) (laughs) By virtue of just speaking. Oh, you're on easy street. Maths. <laughs> Bilingualism <laughs> phase. Um, yeah. So then... So those four du- maths. Double science. Yes. Yeah. Geography. Music. German. I think that's all of them, is it? There's 11. There's oh, 11. did you do 11? I might have done cook- cookery. Like uh, food technology. I used to love food technology um, because when I... She, the the teacher would always set us like right next week we're gonna do a, a sponge, bring away ingredients blah blah blah. But I was so interested in cooking, I had all the magazines and stuff and the books. I always used to do something like above and beyond, right? Like like a marble gatto or and so so to the point where I then have to spend my whole lunchtime prepping. <laughs> <laughs> Did you enjoy your GCSEs? I liked the fact that school now had a point okay yeah Genuinely. Oh, i think you've we've discussed this yeah, before yeah I, I think i mean the actual gcse themselves i could take or leave yeah but year 10 11 mm. finish lines in sight yeah there's progression yeah <laughs> i don't know what i, th- I think up to, up to then i found school a sort of like a parade <laughs> of ludicrous <laughs> characters in front of me <laughs> disguising the problems with their marriages <laughs> In a set of one man or woman monologues to a group of bored teenagers. That's such a good analogy of teaching. Oh, I... <laughs> but so many people shouldn't be teaching. Yeah. So many people. Like, so, I had so many teachers who were obviously very good at their subjects, but couldn't communicate it to a room full of teenagers. I think I had quite... Generally speaking, I think I had a very good... Genuinely, I think I had a very good set of teachers, but there were some real oddball characters. Right. Like, real oddballs. Yeah. I remember there was one. We had a teacher who was just sick one day. She came in the next day with a different hair colour. Like, oh. and style. I was just thinking, well, I'm 12. <laughs> and I've seen through this charade. <laughs> you... You... Pun- Long black hair on Monday. You were not mm. here on Tuesday. You yeah. have short blonde hair on Wednesday. Wow. And I've spotted this. I wonder what happened. She just took the day off to, to have, have her, her hair, hair done. done. That I, life found out amazing. Because I immediately thought maybe she had a hair disaster, couldn't face everyone, and had to go, go had and have to go, it sorted yeah. out. Because I, I would not turn up to something if my hair looked <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> going to end 
on um, the inaugural Virgin Atlantic flight took place. This would be Richard Branson going. Yeah. Is he is he into balloons by this point? Um, oh no, I don't think so. I think the balloons came after. So he's, he, he, first of all, he does an Atlantic flight and he goes, I can think of a better way to do this. <laughs> but it's also a bit like I've been selling records for years. Let's fly! Oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> what order does he come in? Records, then... 1970s Virgin Mail order, uh, selling cut price records. Okay, fine. 71, first record shop. Yeah. Then more record shops... Music publishing, Virgin yeah. Records, late seventies here, Virgin Megastore opens. So it's very record based. It's very record so based, right. I'm not seeing any books <laughs> for plane. I'm waiting for the moment where they go planes. Like what's the record to so, plane? It's okay. like headphone sockets in a plane. <laughs> Actually boys, let's get let's on the plane. Nineteen seventy nine, first Virgin Megastore opens. Yeah. Nineteen eighty one Virgin Games. So they start going into video games for In the Amiga. Yeah. Okay. That was for Amiga. Yeah. 1984, Virgin Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> there's no Records, games, planes. <laughs> okay, there's an article here. The incredible reason why Richard Branson started Virgin Atlantic. Um, Richard Branson was it's stuck the incredible with... reason money. <laughs> plane company an airline like how yeah was he a keen amateur flyer well no because he says um he was stuck on a tarmac um trying to leave puerto rico his flight was grounded and he'd been away from his girlfriend for three weeks he was over it what do you do in that situation (laughs) start an airline Um, but he walked um, to the back of the plane, asked for a chalkboard and writing implement. He figured out how much it would cost to charter a plane to British Virgin what? Islands where he was going and how much it would cost per passenger if the expense were pooled. And then he went for it, walking up and down the aisles of the grounded airplane, selling tickets. What? <laughs> so, so this is the They first... were on a grounded plane. They weren't going anywhere. Yeah. He wanted to get to the British Virgin Islands. So he worked out if he chartered a plane at that moment in time and sold tickets, and that's what he did. He then went around every passenger on that plane that was grounded and sold tickets to British Virgin right. Islands um, on this plane he So I, I'm picturing myself on that plane. <laughs> the guy with the chalkboard. <laughs> like, I've done the maths. I think I can get us there. I think I've worked it out. <laughs> I don't know how I'd feel about that. I think... Also, I mean, I presume everyone on that plane had a bit of money because they've already lost the money on this flight. Yeah, and they're going to the British Virgin Islands. You know, it's not yeah, cheap. <laughs> yeah, so... But I don't think I'd trust the man with a chalkboard. And if he said... <laughs> and also, let's let's, throw, let's go like, should I trust you? He goes, yeah, yeah, of course you can trust me. I own a record shop. <laughs> We've just ventured into gaming. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, no, you can definitely trust me. I paid for tubular bells. <laughs> 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 so the thing you have to remember is it's June 1984. It was a different time. He hasn't Pe- got any GCSEs. We know that. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> they're, they're still to come. <laughs> also... How was there a chalkboard on yeah, the plane? Yeah, I, I did. I, I wondered that when you said. Why did they need a chalk? Maybe, maybe, oh, I don't know. But then, <laughs> but yeah, but it's 
1984, though, people would have been hitchhiking. I'm just trying to work out why people would trust him. And I think more people were hitchhiking on the roads in 1984 and people would pick them up. And So you think that... There's because... a trust element in 1984 that we can't understand now. I don't think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think... So, so because... <laughs> because people are hitchhiking on the side of the road, they'll be more likely to let the man who paid for tubular bells take them to the British Virgin Island because he's done some maths. On a chalkboard. <laughs> it actually says on this uh, article, like, and that was Virgin Atlantic's first flight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So, so he's got them to the British Virgin Islands, and then he went. That was fun. I'll do that again. Pretty much. <laughs> well, that is. I did not know that story. So so then 85 was Virgin Holidays. That makes sense because he's been flying planes now for four years. No, for a year. Oh, God, just a year. Just a year. <laughs> Stop. Did he just start going out to people with a chalkboard? Going, I've, I think I can run a hotel. <laughs> what was next? So... Um, 86, uh, buys another Boeing, obviously. Uh, 1987 is when the balloon company took off. Right. Okay, so that's... So it's late. So he's, yeah, so he's done planes three for a years. bit. But even three years seems like quite a short space of time. <laughs> and then the 90s, Virgin Publishing. So he's, he's gone, he's gone all, and right up here. Yeah, all these feel like... And then, oh, books. books. <laughs> we forgot books. We'll give him something to read. <laughs> <laughs> Then Virgin Radio, Virgin Cola was 94. Virgin Vodka, apparently. D- don't remember that at no, all. No, we're going to have to try and find very some Very short-lived. <laughs> Virgin Cinemas. Uh, yeah, so everything else, like V Festival, then Virgin Trains. I f- it feels weird that the trains came after the play. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> but I would... I'm just trying to imagine the equivalent of wandering up a train platform going like, I think I can meet you <laughs> to Manchester. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that if I was on a train platform and someone came up to the chalkboard going, I think I can get to Manchester, I'd go, you've probably got a better chance <laughs> than all my other ways. He'd just be like that that station's character, wouldn't he? Yeah, I would... <laughs> As as silly as I found the idea of wandering people in an airport and going, I think I can get these British Virgin Islands, I would trust anyone on a train platform who looked like they had a plan. <laughs> I I would I would I I think when you're sort of looking you're like, oh, this is never I'm never going to get there. I think if someone turned up to me and went. I reckon I can get you to Newcastle. <laughs> you go to Newcastle now, but I think I can get you there first. But you know when you think like how how people are entrepreneurial or how people make their money and stuff yeah. like this. But this is the difference between me and Richard Branson. Like my plane is grounded. I'm just ordering a lot of drinks. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but he sat there and he thought of a solution. I think I can get all these people yeah. there. Yeah, you're right. Yes, that's that's exactly it. And Good that's made him. him the person the person he is today. Does it mention his private island on the list of things? Oh, no. So he purchased Necker Island um, 1978. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so he already had 
Necker Island. He already had the big books. Yeah. I mean, to ch- that's the thing, I guess. So it's one thing to think, how can someone be entrepreneurial and make their money? He already had money. So he could easily charter a plane. Yes. For all these people. The question was just going to be how many of these people. Yeah. What? But he still made money out of it. So he could have he could have just paid for them out of his own pocket and not charged them. What that story you told me doesn't say is how many of those people said yes I will get on a plane that's true and Richard Branson went up and down the aisles and asked everyone if they'd get on his plane and they all said no (laughs) fuck off Branson (laughs) (laughs) the fable of Richard Branson (laughs) that's so funny yeah, I, th- I think I prefer that story if I imagine him going yeah. up and down the aisle to this chalkboard going like, who wants to come to British Virgin Islands with me? And everyone going, no, no, it's but fine. The thing is, like, but even if he then was the only pass- passenger on this chartered flight to the British Virgin Island, he can still claim it as the, fir- as the inaugural Virgin flight. The same way, like, if I do a gig to one person, it's still a gig. <laughs> <laughs> That was June 1984. Yeah, that was a that was a better year than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest. Too. Oh, so yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. Please get in touch to say uh, what you were doing in June 1984. I mean, if uh, if you are listening and you were on that inaugural flight, <laughs> if you know anyone who was on Richard Branson's inaugural flight, <laughs> let us know. Uh, com. We'll be back uh, with another thing site like this soon. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Yeah, I'll do one at the end. Why not? Because we recorded that episode before we had sorted out our live show. Ellis James and another special guest still to be announced in the London Welsh Centre on the 14th of July, choosing what they would put into the Zenial Dome. Tickets and details at londonwelsh.org or links should be on or around the show's Twitter, Facebook and Instagram pages. Hopefully we'll see you there.